And good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the house of the Lord. So glad to have you in worship service with us today. God has been so very good to us, and we are thankful for the opportunity to gather in his presence. I want to thank you right now, wherever you may be, uh, for being with us in the house of the Lord. I know that Sunday mornings are a little bit different when you're used to being in this place with us, where we are currently broadcasting to you from uh, our sanctuary. However, I want to tell you that wherever you are right now can turn into the sanctuary of the Lord. And uh, I believe that whether you are by yourself in your home or you're gathered uh, around with your family, that right now in your home, the presence of the Lord is there with you. Now, there is some, uh, there is some uh, debate as to whether or not uh, saying his presence can be with you is just simply referring to the fact that he is omnipresent or that he is everywhere. I'm not just talking about the presence of God because he's not absent, uh, absent anywhere. What I'm talking about right now is the glorious manifested presence of God that can come to you wherever you are. For the psalmist David showed us through his writings that the manifested presence of God can rest on you uh, in the middle of uh, a pasture while you're watching your father's sheep. It can rest on you in the cave of Adullam. It can rest on you when you're surrounded by broken people who are down and out and depressed. We see very clearly in the scripture, according to Moses, that the glory of God can manifest in the midst of a wilderness in a burning bush. I'm telling you that if God can manifest himself in a dry wilderness or in a sheep pasture somewhere, that he can manifest his presence in your home today. And that's exactly what we are asking God to do. So thank you again for joining us for uh, a little time of live worship today. Uh, man, you can just feel the presence of God this morning. My mother and my wife were uh, joining with me to sing today. We're taking some things back. Everybody, uh, we're finding out around FPC that the small group that we are allowed to have meet with us here, uh, we have people that are turning into Swiss Army knives. They can do everything. And we're finding out giftings that we didn't even know they had this morning. Brother Stephen Gill did such a fantastic job for our 10 o'clock Bible class and then he slipped over to the drums to help us carry uh, that because we wanted to sing something today that had a little beat to it when we sang, This is the day that the Lord hath made. And so I appreciate him doing that. I do want to give a public shout out to everyone who has helped uh, us get this pulled off from week to week. I know that there has been some frustration, uh, but it's been a, across the country with uh, the internet. It's just a, a very full deal right now. I was blessed to be on. Uh, live with uh, evangelist Robin Johnson on Friday night. You can catch that uh, on his page. We were on late Friday night, and the entire Facebook uh, uh, broadcast, it was just uh, slow and slow and slow, but you can catch it better uh, live if you rewatch it, go back and rewatch it rather than live. And so uh, the, here's the thing. Everybody across America is doing the best that they can to communicate, and even globally. And so I want to encourage every single pastor that may see this, every church worker that may see this, keep up the good work. Don't be discouraged. If your production quality is not what you want to see, man, be encouraged. If you're getting the message to people, that's what matters the most. And we thank God for every uh, avenue that he has given us to connect with people. And we are believing the Lord for great, great blessings. Amen. I want you to join me today in a very familiar psalm. We're going to the book of Psalms, chapter number 23, Psalms 23. 
Uh, most of you that have been around the church for any period of time could probably uh, quote pretty close to verbatim this chapter, uh, this Psalm 23. But I want you to read it with me. Now, here at FPC, uh, we are accustomed to standing for the reading of the Word, and as we have encouraged you to worship in your homes, just like you would worship here with us, if you're at home today, I want you to get your Bibles out or your iPhone, or your iPad, or whatever you're using to read from today. I like this old book right here. And I want you to pick that book up and stand up to your feet and turn with us to Psalms chapter 23, and I want you to read it. Now listen, while I'm preaching and teaching today, you're not going to offend anybody in your house if you say amen. You're not going to offend anybody in your house if you say praise the Lord. So go ahead and worship with us. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Verse 4 is very important to where we're going today. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Read this with me, if you would. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen to the reading of the word of the Lord. If you stood with us, you may be seated. The Lord is my shepherd. This is such a powerful opening to understanding the rest of this narrative of, as David unfolds it before us, that David takes personal possession of the fact that the Lord is his shepherd. You know, in this day and time, it's easy for us to get consumed with what's going on in the rest of the world. If you turn on the news for three minutes, it's easy to get discouraged because you see that there are people suffering everywhere in the world, and I don't want to in any way try to make trivial the pandemic that's transpiring in our world right now. But I want to tell you this, that as all of this plays out and the uncertainties come before us, this is one thing that I know for certain as we face these days of uncertainty, and that is I have a shepherd. He may be your shepherd too this morning, but he is my shepherd, and I take it personal today. If I'm going to Claim the promises of the Word of God. I'm claiming them as my promise. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds kind of selfish today. You don't understand. I thank God that you have hope, but I'm holding on to my hope today. I'm holding on to the fact that He is shepherd enough to shepherd the entire universe. But I'm sure glad this morning on Palm Sunday that He is my shepherd. Amen. I'm glad that He is my shepherd. Shepherd. So David uh, makes this psalm very personal. Why? Because I believe it alludes to the fact that any relationship with God must be built on a personal relationship with him. 
If we have learned anything over the last month as we have struggled in conflict trying to figure out how best to have church and to connect with one another, we have discovered beyond a shadow of a doubt that you must be strong in your personal relationship with God. I thank God for the times and I can't wait for the day that we're together to strengthen one another in person. One of my favorite parts about being in a church that is very open with our worship is that at any time during our service, if you've ever been to FPC, you'll know that while the choir singing, the praise team singing, that people will come forward in obedience to the book of James and we lay hands on the sick and pray for them. We lay hands on those that are in need of a touch and I believe in that touch. I thank God for that touch. But right now, it's not possible for us to be surrounded by people laying hands on us and praying for us. And I feel kind of like the scripture when David said, I encourage myself in the Lord. You've got to have something inside of you that draws you to a personal place with God that you too can stand up in times like this and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He is my shepherd. So in understanding the concept of where we're going today, that he is my shepherd, this is a personal thing, I want to talk to you about this subject, if I can. What does God expect of me? What does God expect of me? Now, we all know that this is Palm Sunday. We know that we are leading up to uh, an incredible time of celebration for Resurrection Sunday The world knows it all as Easter Sunday. It's a great, great weekend. We look forward to it every year. There are some folks that uh, we get to see on Easter that we don't get to see uh, very often for the rest of the year. And I I just wondered this week, I wondered really how many people that usually go to church on Easter Sunday were wishing uh, that they could be in church on Easter this year. But this is a very sacred time for us. It's a very holy time for us. Uh, On the Jewish calendar, we're in the month of Nisan. This day, as we celebrate it in the scripture, and I don't want to stay here for too, too long, I want to get where uh, we're going today, but the power of this moment, uh, the triumphant entry, as we call it, of Jesus back into the city riding on a colt is so significant to us because it transpires around Nisan 10, which was the day of the lamb, when the lamb was to be brought into Jerusalem for the priest to, uh, to look at that lamb and inspect the lamb and make sure that it could be offered for a sacrifice. And so the power of this day is that Jesus Christ, the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, comes to Jerusalem to be inspected, to be certain that he was ready to be offered during the Passover. It's a very, very powerful week. But what does this teach us about what God expects expects of us? We know that God robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus Christ, according to Colossians, is the image of the invisible God. In other words, he's the only God you will ever lay an eyeball on. But the principle that we often miss in sonship of Christ is that Jesus did not move and work in the earth as God. He moved and worked in the earth as a man that was God manifested in flesh. He was reconciling the world to himself through the body of Christ. Jesus Christ was a man. He was fully God and fully man. But Jesus Christ, the man, had to show us as a man what it means to submit to the spirit of God as obedience Uh, plays out in the life of the Messiah, we see that ultimately it pleases God for us to be submitted to the Spirit of God, to the will of God, and to the voice of God. 
as Jesus rides into Jerusalem uh, on that colt, and you could preach so many amazing things about it. That colt uh, represents, that doggy represents peace. When you see that, it represents peace. This time, he came riding into Jerusalem on a colt of peace as they were waving palm branches and singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. He rode in on a colt. But do you know the next entry that he makes, he won't be riding on a colt, but the scripture said that he'll be riding a horse. The colt represented peace, and the horse represents judgment. I'm thankful for the ride that he took on the colt so that I could be ready for the ride that he's going to take on the horse. Amen. So understand me when I tell you that Jesus did not ride that donkey, that colt, into Jerusalem as God. He rode that donkey into Jerusalem as a man submitting to the will of God. What does God expect of us? The same thing that God showed us to do. To submit ourselves to the will of God in our lives. Now, David tells us in Psalms 23, this is my personal relationship with my shepherd. He is my shepherd, and I shall not want. This leads us to understand that you cannot go to somebody else's shepherd, treat the Lord uh, as somebody else's shepherd, and get what you need on somebody else's relationship. This is the biblical principle that we see portrayed all throughout the scripture, even with Abraham, the father of our faith, whose nephew named Lot, we see he's settling his family in Sodom and Gomorrah, and there, uh, there were some terrible things that began to happen as the judgment of God came on that city, and what we find out ultimately about Lot is that when Lot separated himself from Abraham and moved towards the well-watered plains of Sodom, the principle that we see underlying in this story is that we find Lot's relationship with God was based solely on his relationship with Abraham. In other words, he had a relationship with Abraham who had a relationship with God. But Lot did not have the kind of relationship with God that could have withstood the sin of Sodom. Now, if you go back early in the story and you read... Abraham actually gave Lot the choice. Do you want to stay here? Do you want to settle in Sodom? I believe that meant that if Lot would have chosen the other way, that Abraham would have settled towards the direction of Sodom and it would not have affected him because of his relationship with God. You're going to find that there are some places you just cannot settle your family down if you don't have a relationship with God. What we're finding out in this world right now is that we are surrounded by darkness and some people, they don't know what to do. They are scared to death. I'm telling you the honest to God's truth. I stand before you in the presence of the Lord today in this holy sanctuary of God to tell you I have not feared one single day of this entire sickness. Not a single day. I have not feared. I am not afraid of what man can do to me. It's not because I'm Superman. It's because I have hope. Just before we stopped meeting together physically in the sanctuary, I was preaching to this church, and it's so strange looking back on what I preach to them now, but I was preaching to this church that I was not afraid of what man could do to me, and that honestly, I said, if this virus turns into a pandemic and is global and it gets really scary, if the worst thing in the world that you can threaten a child of God with is death, 
you have no hold on them to cause them to fear. Can I tell you today, I do not fear. I know that there have been some lives lost in this virus, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I declare to you today in Jesus' name that when he's your shepherd, you do not have to fear what may come upon you. God is able to deliver us. And if he doesn't deliver us from the sickness and the plague, he can surely heal us from that. I don't want to sound cliche at all today, and I'm not here to boost false faith and and some kind of false humility and some kind of false immunity to whatever is going on. I am fully aware that we have some godly people right now that are going through some tests and trial, but don't forget uh, today that the fourth man was only revealed in the fire when it came to the three Hebrew boys. The fourth man was only revealed in the fire. Let that sink in to you today. Where you are, let that sink into your mind. He was not revealed when the pressure came from the king to bow down. He was not revealed when they stood up instead of bowing. He was only revealed in the hottest point of the story. When they got into the fire and there was nothing else, they found out that the Son of Man was waiting on them in the fire. You know what I believe God is doing right now? Because He's my shepherd and I've talked to Him every single day. You know what I believe He's doing? I believe while the heat and the pressure of the world is turning up, that it's like the hotter it gets, the more visible He becomes. I believe that God is about to show Himself mighty today. And I want to speak a word of encouragement. Uh, It may only be in an echo right now. You may not be watching this live. You may watch this on a recast. But I want to speak to some pastor today and tell you, don't stop sowing right now. Don't stop preaching right now. I want to tell some child of God, don't stop praying right now. The Son of Man is about to be revealed. I'm not worried about the fire. We're going to come out of this thing in Jesus' name into the greatest revival that North America has ever seen. You think this is a pandemic? You wait to see what the kingdom of God does to hell in the next few months. I declare it in Jesus' name that backsliders and prodigals are being turned on their faces right now. I'm declaring in Jesus' name a harvest. This broadcast is going around the world right now. There are men and women that are going to bow their knee that have not bowed in a long time. I speak revival. I speak harvest. I speak healing. I speak faith in the name of Jesus. We must function in faith in times where faith is not easy to find. This is not about convenient faith right now. This is not about convenient prayer right now. Listen, it wasn't convenient to pray when we had all the conveniences of life. It's not convenient to pray right now when we can't go anywhere. But we've got to push through this. I believe that while we're hunkered down and locked in and hatched in, this is the best time in the world for us to get a hold of God. My Lord, turn that internet off and turn that TV off and get the news off and get in the presence of God. You know what I believe right now? I feel this. That while we're watching right now, while you're watching this, that if you will repent of your sins right now and lift your hands to the Lord right where you are, standing right where you are, God can fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right now. So David said, he is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not basing this on him being my mother's shepherd. I'm not basing this on him being my father's shepherd. He is my shepherd. So what does he expect of me? What does he expect of me? He said he 
makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I want you to notice the phrasing of this chapter. He maketh me. He leadeth me. Listen, you cannot be led by something that doesn't have hold on you. I made reference just a few moments ago to Sodom and to Lot, Abraham's nephew, as they were coming out of Sodom. You know, this principle cannot be escaped. It cannot be overlooked. That when, when Lot finally decided to bring his family out of Sodom, when Lot brings his family out of Sodom, the Bible said that literally the angel of the Lord came down and grabbed them by the hand and was leading them out. Heaven had a hold of her hand and Sodom had a hold of, of her heart. Lot's wife was lost because she refused to be led by a heaven-sent divine interaction. Could you imagine today sitting in your home hearing the word of God? Think about how much word has been invested in your home over the last few weeks. Some of you have watched more church in your home than you've ever watched before online. The word of God now is not just being preached in our church buildings. It's being preached in our homes. Think about that. But could you imagine a divine appointment where the word of God comes down into your home and heaven reaches down for your hand and in a time of, of wrath in the earth, we refuse to be led by the thing that's trying to lead us? He leads me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, this verse is where I want to take you today. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, at first glance, Psalm 23, we feel like David's probably referring to some kind of a euphemism, some kind of analogy of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, perhaps some season that he'd been in. In his life, and I'll be the first to tell you, I've preached that as well. I've talked about that as well. That when you're in the valley of the shadow of death, I know we kind of feel like we're there right now with death around us and death looming and sickness and all that. But the, the valley of the shadow of death was actually a real place. It was a it was a deep, uh, dark canyon that was between Jerusalem and Jericho, and it was a it was a, a way that shepherds would lead their sheep through. Uh, from Jericho to Jerusalem or vice versa on their way back and forth. It was a place that had high cliff walls that at certain times of the day, the, the walls were so high that the sunshine could not even come in. It was a, it was a dark place even at times when there, were, there was light in other places. The valley of the shadow of death is why they call it the shadow of death. It, it, it had the, uh, the ability to be dark at times when it should have been light. But because of being hidden in the darkness of that canyon, the light could not get to where they were. And it was said that, that there would be thieves and robbers that would uh, stay by the wayside, perhaps standing on the mountain to communicate with some hiding in crevices and cracks in the valley of the shadow. And that when shepherds would pass through there with their sheep, that there could oftentimes be danger because of what was lurking in the crevices and the cracks, the part that could not be seen. And please don't think I'm being derogatory about this, but I would not, I would not as a dumb lamb, as a sheep, walk through a valley of a place like that without the direction of my shepherd. 
I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be caught as a lamb wandering through the valley of the shadow of death without my shepherd leading me. Listen to me. This is the worst time in the world to silence the voice of the great shepherd that's trying to speak into our lives. Let God speak to you every single day. We are passing through a dark season right now, and you don't know what may be hidden along the way, but I trust his voice. I trust his hand, and as he leads me through, I don't plan on fear and evil because he is with me. He is with me. So it's a dark place that uh, perhaps sheep did not like going. But the shepherd knew the time to go and the time to be there. It was a place that, uh, that you, you didn't want to go. Matter of fact, Jesus references this very place uh, in, in a parable in the New Testament. It is believed that it was at this very place that Jesus tells the story uh, of the good Samaritan that stops by and helps a man along the way. That there were, uh, there were some people that fell on him and wounded him. And they believed that this is where Jesus was talking about. That it happened uh, on the road to Jericho in the valley of the shadow of death. And people were passing by him and did not care about their neighbor. People did not care about what was going on. Have you ever in your life seen more selfishness than there is in the earth right now? In a time of the valley of the shadow of death, people are like, what, whatever, I'm not stopping, I'm not going to help anybody, I'm just going gonna, gonna to grab 75 loaves of bread that are going to mold in my house. It's incredible what happens when we get in times like this, but I want to encourage you today to be the body of Christ when you cannot even be present in the house of God. We need to call each other, check on one another. We need to be texting one another, being sure that the body is okay. You don't know where people are at right now, things that are happening. If you know somebody that's struggling right now with fear and doubt and confusion, call them and pray over them, encourage them. Exercise a time right now not to step to the other side of the road, but to be a good Samaritan, to be a good man that'll stop and heal the wounds of some people right now because when this all passes and the storm clouds pass over, we're going to see the sunshine on a brighter day of revival than we have ever seen before. I believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. So he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Again, here comes order and direction. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you've ever seen a shepherd working with sheep, you know that rods and staffs have nothing to do with comfort. They don't feel good. A rod and a staff, the poking, the prodding, the pulling, the rod and the staff... They're always working to bring order. David said, when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I need order. I need the shepherd to bring order, to pull me back into alignment. May this season of rest that we're in right now, trying to recalculate and recalibrate who we are, may we some way, somehow, let the word of God bring structure and order back to us, to pull us back together into a place where God can move and work for us. Let me push forward very quickly to get where I'm going. I won't keep you very much longer. We're getting ready to transition into a season of repentance and prayer today. But David... He said, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. But at the bottom, the bottom of this chapter, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about this. The entire chapter is about the blessings of God, the order of God, the structure of God, the voice of God, the leading of the shepherd, the green pastures. But at the end of this chapter, David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the only thing that the shepherd could not decide for him. David said, he's leading me in the paths of righteousness. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures, but I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I find it quite funny, and I don't want this to sound ugly whatsoever. God knows my heart and my motive is pure today. But I couldn't help but chuckle over the last several weeks as I've seen people posting online, I cannot wait to get back in the house of the Lord. And these are some people that while the house of the Lord was open, they weren't in the house of the Lord. I can't wait till we can get together and worship. You know what? I bet we don't take it for granted again. I bet you we don't take it for granted again. I bet you when the church doors open that there are going to be people that are going to make some commitments to God. I'm not going to let. Listen, you're my shepherd. You have led us. You have brought us through to whom much is given, much is required. I'm going to speak a word to you today, and this is a pastoral word of apostolic order, and I believe God spoke this to me, and this is what this whole uh, sermon was based around today. I want you to hear me today. If you are a part of the church of the living God, I want you to listen very, very closely to the apostolic instruction that I'm about to give to you. When God brings us through this pandemic, there will be a different level of expectation from God towards us when this is over. God is expecting us as his children to treat him differently after this. David said, if you are my shepherd and you take care of my needs and you offer me green pastures and still waters and I don't have to fear when I'm with you, the least that I can do is to be faithful to you in return. So I'm speaking to you today, wherever you are, you may be a saint of God, you may be someone that's here every time the doors are open in your home church, you may be somebody that's hit and miss, you may be somebody that's backslid, haven't darkened the doors of a church for many years. You may be uh, someone today that doesn't have a home church, but you feel like you've had a walk with God, and you may be somebody that's wondered if God even exists. But what I'm saying to you is that when this whole thing is over, God is going to expect something different of you. If God sustained you and kept you during this storm, then God is going to expect some faithfulness from you on the other side of this. We sing a song around here that says, God's been good. He's been so good to me, I can't let him down. Can I tell you that the goodness of God, thankfully, has not been based on my goodness, but what I have determined in my heart is that from this day forward, when God brings us through this thing, I will be more faithful than I've ever been. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I can't promise you a lot of things. I can't promise you what's going to happen with the rest of the world in this global pandemic, but I can promise you what's going to happen in my house. As for me and my house, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What does God expect of me? If God keeps his hand on me, then God expects me to be faithful to him. God expects me to give him my very, very best. Somebody said, I'm, I'm closing. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm, I'm just sick of, I'm sick of video church. I'm sick of, and, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm probably one of the worst in the, in the bunch. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cut out. I don't guess to be a TV preacher. And uh, I, I can't wait till we get back together. But I want to tell you why God is honoring this. I'm getting reports every day, just about every single day, of people right now. Listen to me, church. In the midst of this struggle, the midst of this trial, I'm getting calls and texts and messages that people are not only keeping their jobs, but they're getting raises 
that people are not only keeping their jobs, but they're being promoted. I'm getting reports right now in the midst of all this junk, you know, because his word is true. I'm getting reports right now uh, almost daily of people. Somebody watched online last night, got the Holy Ghost. Somebody tuned into our broadcast last night. God filled their children with the Holy Ghost. Somebody tuned in last night and called us and we met him at the church and baptized. Hey, I'm rejoicing in this. I am rejoicing in this. Every single day, God is doing great things. Why? Because we're giving it our best. We're doing the best that we can do. And this is what I believe. If we're giving it our best right now, that's what God expects from us when this is over. We've got to keep giving it our best. Listen, what I'm asking you to do right now, wherever you're at in your home, I want you to stand up and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to begin to repent before God right now and tell him, Lord, I'm sorry if you have blessed me and led me in paths of righteousness and still waters and green pastures. I want you to forgive me for my shortcomings. Forgive me, God, if I put you on the back burner of my life. But today, Lord, I make a commitment to you that because you have been good to me, I'm going to dwell in your house. I'm going to give you the best that I can give you. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Hallelujah. I feel the glory of God, and I believe you too can feel it. If you'll just lift your hands to the Lord right now and cry out to Him in your home, I believe that God will meet you there right now. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my shortcomings, God. Forgive me of where I've fallen short. Help me, oh God, to make a commitment to you today that I can keep. Come on, backslider. We're reaching for you today. We don't say that in a slanderous way. God thought enough of you today for you to stop by this broadcast and somebody to reach for you. The Word of God is reaching for you through this camera today. Submit to Him right now. Lord, I thank you that I don't fear in the valley of the shadow of death. So in return, I will bless you, Lord. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. As I close today, this is what I want you to notice about this chapter. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, walk through it. But then he said, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Notice this. He said, the valley is my passing through place, but the house of God is my dwelling place. You're going to pass through seasons in your life that don't feel fair, but I'm reaching for you today. We will pass through this. We will pass through this. In Jesus' name, we will pass through this. But this is not going to be my dwelling place. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I prophesied over this church and over our movement several years ago. And God has never let me forget this. But I'm going to tell you what I believe. I prophesied to this church and over our movement that there was going to come a day that our church buildings would no longer be used two days a week for us to just come together and have church, but that there would come a time where men and women would be so hungry that the doors of our church would have to be open every single day for people to come to the house of God. You know what? I believe we're seeing that come to pass right now. I believe we're seeing that come to pass right now. I heard this said the other day, and it stirred my spirit, and I hope it does you too. If you're a child of God, I want this to stir your spirit. I heard this the other day of how disappointed the apostles would be in the modern church right now if they knew that we only preached two or three times a week to people that are already saved. 
And we call this end time harvest and end time revival. No, no, no. I'm passing through this valley. The house of the Lord is my dwelling place. God, bring us to a place today of true, authentic repentance. That we repent of taking for granted the green pastures when we had them. The still waters when we had them. Because when we pass through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. On the other side of the valley. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What does God expect of me? What does he expect of you? He expects that if he's going to lead us through the valley, that we're going to let him lead us to his house, lead us to his presence. Father, I pray over this crowd that has gathered to listen to us today. I pray over our entire broadcast audience. Whether they're watching live right now or they catch the echo of this service in the days to come. I plead the blood of Jesus right now. I intercede over our church family right now, God. I pray against every spirit of fear. I pray against every spirit of chaos and confusion. God, I pray against the undercurrent of this thing that's moving right now. I pray against it in Jesus' name. I speak life. I speak miracles, signs, and wonders. I speak peace in the name of Jesus. I pray for a release of it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you again for joining us today. We're going to be back here again tonight, right here, Facebook Live. You can also catch us on our website, fpcanderson.com. There is a direct link to watch the YouTube uh, uh, channel on our website, so you don't even have to search for it. Just go to fpcanderson.com. Listen, stay in touch with us. If God's doing a miracle in your life, we want to hear about it. If you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we want to hear about it. If you know of people that are receiving it, we want to hear about it. If you have received a miracle in your body, healing, we want to hear about it. Stay connected with us. DM us on Facebook. Send us emails. Let us know. We love you so much. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock, Facebook Live and fpcanderson.com. God bless you.